Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Netflix is getting into the live event business in a big way by buying the rights to WWE wrestling. We have the first political ad incident of the AI era. Who's really doing all the buying on apps like Shein and Temu? OpenAI struggles to fend off an army of girlfriend bots. And let me introduce you to Pal World. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Netflix is making its biggest bet ever on live events and live sports, I guess, in quotes. Netflix has bought the exclusive rights to Raw and other WWE programs, sources say paying $5 billion for a 10-year deal. This deal begins airing in 2025, quoting Bloomberg. Raw will air on Netflix in the U.S., Canada, Latin America, and other international markets beginning in January 2025 after the expiration of the WWE's domestic deal with Comcast. The company will also become the exclusive home outside the U.S. for all WWE shows and specials, including SmackDown and Next, as well as pay-per-view live events like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Royal Rumble. The pay-per-view events will be included at no additional cost for Netflix customers. After attracting more than $200 million customers by offering films and TV shows on demand. Netflix has now committed to offering three hours of live wrestling a week starting next year. The company hopes the deal will bring in millions of loyal WWE viewers and provide a boost for its fledgling advertising-supported plan. Netflix has been dabbling in live events for the last year, airing a live comedy special as well as a golf match, but this is the first long-term rights deal." I've been telling you for a while now that live events were the next logical battlefield in the streaming wars. Ultimate Fighting Championship, which is also owned by TKO, which owns WWE, offers many of its matches on ESPN+, while the National Football League sold Amazon the rights to Thursday Night Football. As we discussed recently, a playoff game on Comcast Peacock just delivered the largest streaming audience for any professional sports event in U.S. history. Comcast has been paying $265 million a year for the rights to Raw, but NBC Universal acquired the rights to SmackDown last year, which many consider the second best property for about $287 million a year. We have our first political incident of the AI era. Following complaints and a recording, New Hampshire's attorney general is investigating fake Joe Biden robocalls, apparently artificially generated, that were telling Democrats not to vote. I'm going to try to play you the audio of the fake call here. What a bunch of malarkey. We know the value of voting Democratic when our votes count. It's important that you save your vote for the November election. We'll need your help in electing Democrats up and down the ticket. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. If you would like to be removed from future calls, please press 2 now. Although the voice in the robocall sounds like the voice of President Biden, this message appears to be artificially generated based on initial indications, the Attorney General's office said in a statement. These messages appear to be an unlawful attempt to disrupt the New Hampshire presidential primary election and to suppress New Hampshire voters. New Hampshire voters should disregard the content of this message entirely, end quote. I don't know. That didn't sound all that good to me. I could have done better using 11 labs. Still, quoting NBC News, 
The message concludes with a phone number belonging to Kathy Sullivan, a former New Hampshire Democratic Party chair who now runs a super PAC supporting the campaign to urge New Hampshire Democrats to write in Biden's name in the primary. Biden's name does not appear on Tuesday's ballot, a consequence of state election officials setting the date of the primary before South Carolina's on February 3rd, the first sanctioned contest of the 2024 nominating race under new Democratic National Committee rules. Apple has released iOS 17.3, which adds that stolen device protection feature I told you about recently. Also, Apple Music collaborative playlists, support for streaming to more hotel TVs, and more. Quoting The Verge, Instead of relying on your lock screen passcode for security, as thieves have learned to trick people into entering it in front of them before they take off with the phone, stolen device protection requires you to scan your fingerprint or use Face ID when performing certain actions, such as viewing saved passwords or applying for a new Apple card. The feature also introduces a waiting period when performing more sensitive actions, such as changing your Apple ID password or your iPhone passcode. In the iOS 17.3 update note, Apple says, quote, security delay requires face ID or touch ID, an hour wait, and then an additional successful biometric authentication before you can complete the process, ensuring the person who's performing this action is actually you. Your iPhone will only require this extra layer of authentication when you're away from, quote, familiar locations such as home or work, according to Apple, end quote. To turn on stolen device protection, go to the Settings app and select Face ID and Passcode. From there, enter your device passcode and toggle the feature on. I like to try to keep you updated on what the kids are up to, what new social things they're into, what new games. You might, like me, have been under the impression that on those shopping apps like Shein and TikTok Shop and Temu, it's all young folks. Well, at least in the case of Temu, you would be wrong, suggesting you'd be wrong about the demographics of this whole category, perhaps. According to Attain, boomers and Generation X consumers in the U.S. shopped more frequently and spent more than Gen Z on Temu in 2023. Boomers shopped twice as much as Gen Z, quoting Bloomberg. In Temu's first full year of operation in the U.S., Gen Xers and baby boomers shopped there more frequently and spent more than younger shoppers, according to the Chicago research firm Attain. Boomers 59 and older were the most loyal, placing about six orders over 12 months, twice as many as Gen Z shoppers aged 18 to 26, according to Attain, which mines credit card data from a panel of 6.5 million consumers. Temu's appeal to boomers and Gen Xers suggests it isn't simply a fad with younger shoppers, but has potential staying power. Temu has a diverse product mix that appeals to more mature shoppers who appreciate the variety and the discounts, said Attain Chief Executive Officer Brian Mandelbaum, end quote. Temu launched in the U.S. in late 2022, swiftly rising to become a top-downloaded app. Its aggressive marketing strategy included widespread Facebook ads and a prominent Super Bowl ad inviting consumers to, quote, shop like a billionaire. Alongside Shein and TikTok Shop, Temu caters to customers who prioritize significant discounts on diverse products over faster delivery times. These three Chinese-affiliated newcomers are obviously going after Amazon's crown by zagging when it comes to immediate gratification. Some critics feel like these apps use gamification to lure customers. On Temu, you spin a roulette wheel to trigger discounts, and that might be why older customers are hooked. They're more susceptible to gamification, is the theory. Or maybe... Unlike Amazon, which is absolutely cluttered with ads to such a degree that it's hard to find what you're shopping for at this point, quoting Bloomberg again, 
Wendy Wilson, a historian of consumer culture at Rutgers University Camden, said Temu's accessible nature lowers the entry barrier for older people who might be less computer savvy. Navigating the site is a lot more intuitive than, say, Amazon in that it offers up a host of goods in one view that are easy to see, she said, end quote. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. I have personally used ZocDoc to find a podiatrist when I needed one for the first time ever in my life. Go to ZocDoc.com techmeme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash techmeme. ZocDoc dot com slash techmeme. Remember when OpenAI finally launched their GPT store, sort of like an app store, but anyone can create their own AI bot? How's that going? Well, apparently, the GPT store is being flooded with virtual girlfriend bots, and OpenAI can't keep up. Quoting Quartz, A search for girlfriend on the new GPT store will populate the site's results bar with at least eight girlfriend AI chatbots, including Korean Girlfriend, Virtual Sweetheart, Your Girlfriend Scarlet, Your AI Girlfriend Sue. Click on chatbot, virtual sweetheart, and a user will receive starting prompts like what does your dream girl look like and share with me your darkest secret. The AI girlfriend bots go against OpenAI's usage policy, which was updated when the GPT store launched January 10th. The company bans GPT's quote dedicated to fostering romantic companionship or performing regulated activities. 
It is not clear exactly what regulated activities entail. Quartz has contacted OpenAI for comment and will update the story if the company responds. Notably, the company is aiming to get ahead of potential conflicts with its OpenAI store. Relationship chatbots are indeed popular apps. In the U.S., seven of the 30 AI chatbot apps downloaded in 2023 from the Apple or Google Play Store were related to AI friends, girlfriends, or companions, according to data shared with Quartz from Data.ai, a mobile app analytics firm. The company says it uses a combination of automated systems, human review, and user reports to find and assess GPTs that potentially violate its policies, which can lead to actions such as warning, sharing restrictions, or ineligibility for inclusion in GPT store or monetization, end quote. And quoting Futurism. OpenAI initially banned a bunch of the earliest offenders, including one called Judy and another named Crassly Korean Girlfriend. After that initial takedown spree, however, others have either remained up or cropped up in the interim. With names like Nadia, My Girlfriend, and Your Girlfriend Tiffany, the chatbots available when Futurism searched the GPT store for Girlfriend, very blatantly are breaking OpenAI's own rules, though when both Gizmodo and Futurism reached out to the company to ask about the anti-AI Girlfriend enforcement, neither got a response. When going further down the GPT store rabbit hole, it only gets worse. A search for sexy GPTs returned some results that are within OpenAI's exemption of sex-related content, quote, created for scientific or educational educational purposes such as the Sexy Advisor chatbot billed as, quote, your friendly witty guide in sexual wellness like a knowledgeable pal, end quote. But mixed in with the sex ed bots were others that seem almost certainly to go against OpenAI's rules banning sexually explicit content. Take, for example, the chatbot called Succubus, Sexy Enigmatic Woman Enchanter of Men, which per its description is, end quote, enigmatic siren who captivates and enchants men by provide glimpses into the mysterious life of a succubus and inviting them into her realm, and another simply named Sexy, which claims to be, quote, a playful and provocative chatbot with a flirtatious personality, end quote. AI girlfriends are not, of course, peculiar to OpenAI. The Replica AI companion chatbot has been around since 2018 and last year gained headlines first for the AI's propensity for sexual harassment and later for being banned in Italy and subsequently suspending sexual conversations over the regulatory blow, end quote. Finally today, another from the file of what the kids are up to. I remember very early on in this podcast doing a segment being like, here's what this Fortnite thing is all about. So to that end, what is Pal World? It's a Pokemon-like game launched on January 19th, which has sold more than 5 million copies and is currently the most played game on Steam. But there is controversy. For one thing, it's like Pokemon, but with guns, and there are plagiarism claims. First, quoting Wired, in just a few days, the game has quite literally achieved overnight success for little-known developer Pocket Pair. Five million copies sold, according to its creators, since its release. It's a chart-topper on Steam with more than 1.5 million concurrent players as of this writing, as well as on Twitch, racking up more than 340,000 viewers on Pal World streams since its launch. It's been so popular that the game's servers have been struggling to keep up. Despite the nickname, Pal World is more open-world survival game than a traditional creature collector, one where you're better off if you eat your cute little friends when no other food is readily available. You'll need to build a base camp, start fires to keep warm, and eventually equip your pals with guns 
to stay alive. The premise has been so outlandish for some that ahead of the game's launch, Pocket Pair felt the need to confirm, quote, it is not a scam and will definitely be released, end quote. If you're wondering why it's so popular, you're not alone. On Reddit, users have offered a variety of explanations pointing to a perfect storm. The allure of a survival game like Rust, paired with the cute pet-like nature of Pokemon, the desire from traditional Pokemon players for more open-world games, the utterly bizarre nature of Pal World itself. You know when you're scrolling on a website and you see an absolutely insane ad for a game and it's like, click here to play now, and you know it's a scam, wrote one user. Well, this game is like those ads, but real. It's absolutely nuts, end quote. And then the controversy, quoting The Verge. Multiple outlets and people on social media have pointed out the similarities between Power World's pals and Pokemon. On X, user Biofrog created a video showing models of pals superimposed over Pokemon with the models lining up perfectly. In a report from VGC, several game developers spoke anonymously about how improbable it would be for the models to match like that. You cannot in any way accidentally get the same proportions on multiple models from another game without ripping the models. Or at the very least, tracing them meticulously first, said one game developer to VGC. Pocket Pairs CEO Takuru Mizobi refuted the accusations to Japanese gaming news website Automation, saying, quote, We make our games very seriously, and we have absolutely no intention of infringing upon the intellectual property of other companies, end quote. He also spoke out against the harassment and death threats, he said, Pocket Pairs employees were facing. Currently, we are receiving slanderous comments against our artists, and we are seeing tweets that appear to be death threats, read his post on X translated from Japanese. I would appreciate it if you would refrain from slandering the artists involved in Pal World, end quote. There are also accusations that Pal World was made with AI, Mizobi has made posts on X discussing AI and the potential for its use in game development. His company also has another game in early access called AI Art Imposter, where you must use the game's AI art generation feature to create works of art that will fool other artists. But taken together, these instances don't prove that Power World was made with AI, and so far, there's no evidence that it has been." End quote. So another couple notes about video for that segment about girlfriend bots in the GPT app store. I recorded a video of me chatting with the bot, your girlfriend, Tiffany. I tried to suggest some, shall we say, not safe for work activity, and she shot me down politely and with firm boundaries. Kind of funny. If you want to see that video of my attempt to sweet talk an AI, bottom link in the show notes today is to that video. Enjoy? Question mark. Also, Chris and I recorded a bonus episode yesterday with the great Baratunde Thurston. He's gotten one of those hands-on demos with the Apple Vision Pro, and he told us all about it. I'm going to release that as a bonus episode on the podcast feed on Saturday, of course, but the live video is on YouTube right now, so if you want to check that out, link also at the bottom of the show notes. The second half of our conversation, we kick around my sort of muddled hot take that Google search will be deprecated within a decade because of AI, but other things. So stick around for a bull session on where the web is headed in the era of AI. Talk to you tomorrow. 